Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is returning guest. She's my Rankin and Bass correspondent. It's Molly Battles, everyone. I'm, I'm Emily, a- but so close. Mm, <laughs> are we sure? I mean, I, I did go with the name in the movie. Yes, it's true. It's true. So we, I did, I did think about it for a hot second. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Come on, that's the uh, running. It, thank it's you the, for having me as the your, running guy, ranking, ranking best uh, person, correspondent. Yes, <laughs> and and other things that maybe at some point, who knows? But yeah, right yeah. now, this is your second ranking and best. Uh, we're here to talk about the last unicorn, yes! which, which I've never seen before today. <laughs> ah! I was this many days old I before this... I saw the last unicorn. It's true. The movie came out in 1982. It was a very good year. <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for, for producing people like me or just me. Uh, specifically. <laughs> uh, the screenplay is by Peter S. Beagle, who wrote the novel. Correct. Uh, uh, music and lyrics by Jimmy Webb, performed by America for the most part. Because uh, uh, what's what's her name? What, Mia Farrow does sing two songs and Jeff Bridges sings one of them with her. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, Directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr. And according to IMDb, a beautiful unicorn sets up to learn if she is the last of her kind in this sparkling animated musical. Now. Sparkling is the adjective that would we, would we call that? I mean, they the also called it a musical, ass. which oh, I'm that's just like. True. Mm, pushing it. Mm, pushing it. I would say it's dark. <laughs> Not oh, sparkling yes. by any means. Yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, that's an that's an interesting take. <laughs> so the movie has five songs in it. Three of them are performed by America, like I said. Mia Farrow sings by herself now that I'm a woman, which was wild. <laughs> like, which is funny because uh, the Santa Claus is coming to town is a very similarly functioning song. <laughs> yes. Funny. Yes, but like, I thought it was wild in the sense of uh, the the notes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and she was she was singing notes that were high, that <laughs> very high seemed, in the register, seemed out of her range. But I I'm not one to judge, or am I? Ooh. I believe that's why we're here, right? Yeah, we're here to kind of judge her, but I. Like, it doesn't sound like she has a bad singing voice. It just felt like that was the wrong, like, key or something for that song. They definitely didn't tailor that to her at all. It was just basically like, sing this. And then Jeff Bridges singing with her, uh, that's all I've got to say. (laughs) Yes. Again, a little bit of a struggle bus for them both. But like, God damn it, they tried. 
<laughs> this is a wild, insane movie. So you watched this as a kid, you said? Yes. Uh, it was it was on heavy rotation uh, in my blockbuster selection. I remember very vividly I had a, um, a Last Unicorn t-shirt. Uh, Do you still uh, have it? I was going to say it's one of the things that I most regret getting rid of at some point because that that Hot Topic purchase would be so fast on my credit card if I ever found it again. Um, so but if yeah, anyone I, knows I remember of revisiting it. it as like a, a slightly older person. Um, I was at a, a beach house, a family vacation with my um, with my extended family. I think it was North Carolina, anyway. But it was in like the. Um, it was in the C, uh, DVD collection of like the beach house. And I was like, that's right. I love this movie. And then I watched it again as an adult. Like that was the first time in a while. I was like, oh shit is dark. <laughs> so, Holy moly. No wonder I was terrified. So did, did you know that they actually turned it into two different versions? There's the G rated one and the PG 13 rated one. Cause I don't think I saw the one. I was like, where's tree boobs? And I think that's the thing that they cut, right? Wait, I saw Tree Boobs on Prime. Oh, okay. No, they oh, what <laughs> what they cut was um, the unicorn nudity. You know, when she turns into a human, right? Uh, they say "damn," I think, or some other like quote unquote swear words. Um, and then there's apparently substance abuse. And that is in the PG-13 rated version. But on Prime, I watched the G rated version where when that tree turned into a busty lady, I was just losing my... I also lost my mind when the cat started talking. The cat might be my favorite character. I, I think I'm obsessed I, with the little pirate cat. I was three seconds away from flipping a table because I was just like, what is happening? Yes. What is going on? And he's just so unceremoniously uh, introduced. <laughs> just like, by the way, there's a super helpful pirate cat that was like heretofore never mentioned. That is that is silent when you first meet him, and then he has a mono, and then he has you know a monologue and some riveting dialogue for just one scene, and then is never seen again. No. And then we meet a talking skeleton who gets wasted off of nothing. Air? <laughs> <laughs> a, a memory. <laughs> I was just like, what is happening in this? Oh my God. This movie was wild. I'm surprised though that it's not a musical. You know what I, I think mean? There's, I think there was an, uh, and uh, maybe it was just kind of like the genre of the time. Like it was, because I mean, I, I think you can kind of almost make the argument in that, in that framework that The Hobbit is a musical just because of like how it functions within the story. But like, it's it's not like plot driven like the as much as like a, a Disney uh, cartoon or or film is nowadays. Well, I, think I meant the, the I genre meant, is just different. I meant more like you know they're not busting out into song every so often. It doesn't have to drive the plot or anything. Yeah, like I would have loved to hear Angela Lansbury like do a spell in a la. Uh, like no good deed or something and wicked you know what I mean like just like sure chanting but make it musical in a way uh, I think that would be a good way to kind of like divulge her backstory about like why fame is so important to her and like why she wants to be remembered and like 
in like go down in infamy in this like this headcanon of this harpy <laughs> like why this is so important sir this is a oh my god i don't know if i should thank you or slap you for making me watch i mean this i'll take I both have, i'm into uh, it i i'm still processing what i watched <laughs> yeah it's a lot to take in it is i have you read the book no, and I, I was kind of hoping, I'm a cat sitting for a friend of mine and her husband works in publishing. And they literally every, every wall is lined with bookcases. And I was like, oh man, do you have a copy? Because I would love to kind of like suss out the, the subtle differences. Like I, I know that there's like a whole, a whole town like that, um, that like uh, precedes the castle scenes that uh, gets obliterated uh, when the castle falls. Um, so there are like some, some, some simplified aspects, uh, of the movie versus the book. But I think since to your point that the, um, uh, Mr. Mr. Beagle wrote the screenplay, like, obviously it was as true to his vision as it could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then apparently he got fucked over, uh, in terms of like payment. (laughs) Pinky on that pinky on that because my my life got turned upside fucking down because of that little aspect of it i was reading a little bit on the imdb trivia where it was like because of contracts i think or whatever he didn't fully get um like any money for it until like 25 years later right is that what is that is that true something like that yeah or like he he got, I think he got paid initially, but then like that, it just like for, for all the other, like, usually you get paid, like, as it, there's a, like the theatrical release, uh, and depending on like how many theaters it's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he just, yeah, he just got, I think the initial, initial payment and then nothing. And then I think it was in like in 2017 or something like that. He went on like a, a tour, uh, Wait, showing it around. He got the, he got I think it was that he got the rights to it and he went on That's a what tour. It was. Yeah. yeah. He went on a tour uh going to movie theaters and being like a host of it or something. Yeah. I mean the movie's only like an hour and a half long, so it's not terribly long. It though uh, just moves. <laughs> yeah. There is no time to like stop and breathe in this movie. But then there's like that the weird like how however many like months presumably they're just like hauled up in the castle then time stops (laughs) like dead halt because you know she's forgetting how to that she was a unicorn and if you notice the little like mark on her forehead goes away at some point yeah but it was just like what is happening in this i mean lear lear has an ample opportunity to like fall in love with her uh, Molly like just takes over the kitchen like you know they've they've established themselves as part of this household um, and, so, and like, Spendrick is like his personal like right. toy or something oh I love that scene too and like the the actual magician's like all right <laughs> bad decision <laughs> good luck with that and then it's just like pieces out <laughs> this movie is wild because like they they don't really define a lot of things. No. I'm like, I had to look up, I'm like, why is the Red Bull like following 
uh the king i'm like wh- like what what is like why oh do you why have an answer for that because i didn't i do um bup, 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 i looked it up is it that like he tamed the wild beast or something no no um so he's he's just hangs around haggard because um uh he's bound to serve anyone who has no fear uh is is the technical reason that he's just around and apparently haggard in addition to not being able to be happy uh has has lack of fear and therefore the the bull mad respects men <laughs> what yeah <laughs> what what <laughs> what the Again, fuck? Like, how you would get that from the plot that's given i no clue Oh my, this is, what? Yeah. So I did read though that, um, I don't, you probably read this, but if I surprise you, please let me know. Uh, apparently the, um, a live action version is in development hell over the years. Um, uh, For those of you who can't see my face, uh, no, draw, I did not dropping. know that. Super psyched. As of I would 20, die. As of 2013, ongoing legal disputes stemming from the animated movie coupled with the budgetary issues have stalled the project, though author Peter S. Beagle has completed a new screenplay. Um, Even, like, there was talks of Christopher Lee and Angela Lansbury reprising their roles. And this is from IMDb, so grain of salt everyone. But how would you feel about a live-action version? I would just hope they didn't fuck it up. Like, please, please don't uh, Ender's Game, my last unicorn, please. Well, would you, instead of a live action, would you rather a... I would rather them update the animation style. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I mean, I loved the animation style of this movie, personally. Like, I liked how the, I liked how she looked. I liked how... They all, everything looked very different, but it still like went together in a way. Yeah. So there's two, there's actually two types of animation in the, in the movie. Um, There's on the ones, I think this is the, the right, um, uh, the right description on the ones is like a little bit more simplistic form of animation. And it's, it was popularized by like, um, uh, like anime, which makes sense because they outsource a lot of the animation to uh, a Japanese company. Um, and there's also like the more involved um, uh, animations, like the 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 unicorns coming out of the waves and stuff. That's drawn on the two, so that's a little bit more of a like complex style. So there's actually within the movie two types of animation going on, which is why it's kind of like beautiful and fluid in some sections and then like a little herky-jerky in others i also noticed that we had the uh standard rankin and bass eyes even though they weren't all big and wide but they still had that signature if you will yeah um and i love like the the pink ass haggard eyes like he'd just been like ripping bongs like every like before he went on to to do everything Well, how else is he going to see the unicorns? Exactly. You got, you, that's how you see that horn. You just got to get high enough. Yeah, there are magic or you're stoned. Let's be real here. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Do they explain how Molly can see the unicorn? 
I think it's just kind of like a, if you believe in your pure of heart type of scenario, scenario, like if you believe in unicorns, you can see them, which is why, or like you, you I'm sorry, this movie is insane. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to shit on your childhood. It is insane. No, I, I, I too am insane. So like, here we go. Like <laughs> We just were meant for each other. I was just sitting there and when um, Sir Christopher Lee is talking about like how he puts all the unicorn in the water, in the ocean or whatever, or sea water, body of water. And he's like, I come out here just to watch them. And that's it. And I was just like, Whoa, Oh no, he's like this? super rapey. And like that whole scene on the balcony, I'm like, I, I don't know if you want to just kill this woman or just like straight up, you know, do the nasty because you are creepy for a second there i thought he was admitting that he killed all the unicorns and then they just turned into waves and i was like what the fuck is going on and this is a kid's movie yeah are we sure are we sure this is a kid's movie no i mean i remember being absolutely terrified and i would flash the fast forward every single time as a kid whenever the um the skeleton gets drunk and then sees her and starts screaming, unicorn! I pissed my childhood pants. Like, I was terrified. Terrified. I wasn't even afraid of the Red Bull. It's just the screaming skeleton was, like, too much for me. I thought this movie was going to be darker because of what I've been told about it. But I, because I am not a child watching it for the first time i feel like i'm jaded in a way yeah like no that makes sense like the animation style it, you know i know that it's, i don't know if maybe the same people worked on it but like it kind of got me like little spirited away vibes <gasps> so here's a fun fact okay top craft which is the um which is the Japanese animation company that did the animation for this, was eventually purchased by Miyazaki and became Studio Ghibli in 1985. That makes a lot of sense because like looking at the harpy, which they they messed up with mythology in a little little bit there. But But uh, there's so many tits in this movie. (laughs) The harpy has three tits, yes. But like something about that you know like that design of character I was just like I could see this you know being that creepy lady with the giant head in Spirited Away that owns the bathhouse or or something along those lines um but it was just insane so many boobs what's with all the boobs There are so many boobs and they even the edited out a bunch of boobs well two the unicorn boobs it's like we the ugly boobs are fine but like show us like a beautiful set of like knockers and they're like oh no it's too explicit <laughs> schmendrick basically motorboats a tree yeah right 100 percent, 100 percent. and <laughs> it was his doing <laughs> like like he's the one that turned it into a tree woman <laughs> Which, you know, he he kind of has a uh, a penchant in terms of his magic for, like, his, like, deepest, innermost desire. So, like, I, th- I think in that moment, he's just like, oh, it's been a while. 
Let me just re- lay between your tits, Madam Tree. Yes. But nice like, soft place to land. And like also to go back about how long they're in the castle. I mean, Molly ends up having like a crush on Schmendrick, it feels like. like yeah. there's, some- there's something going on with the two of them. I don't 100%. know what. Because they, they kind of end be- up together at the end of the movie. Or like they at least go in like the same direction. Yeah, they may they may be hooking up in a broom closet somewhere. Oh, yeah. They fuck. They absolutely fuck. They, they fuck more than once. 100%. Well, and then also <laughs> at the end, <clears throat> excuse me, where um, <laughs> the unicorn is like, or is it Lure that is like, I love her. I don't care what she is. I was just like. Oh, yeah. Are they gonna fuck like as bestiality in a way? They fuck. I mean that the thought went through my mind. <laughs> like, where there's a will, there's a way. I'm like, Lear, no, please. <laughs> this is this. Uh, like, I mean, it, it it definitely gives me meaning to like, oh, I'm gonna ride her. <laughs> like, okay, so when you recently rewatched it for this, did it kind of feel like a fever dream in a way? Where now you're like, oh, wait, there was the butterfly in the beginning that spoke in different sing-song lines and everything. The pace in this movie is insane. Like, it's like, hurry up and wait. <laughs> so, like, like what, what fascinated me, too, was even at the beginning, there wasn't any, like, production company logos. It just went right into the movie. I do love the way they set the ambiance in that, like, as you're going through the trees and just you hear, like, the forest sounds and, like, the the twitter-pating birds and all that fun stuff. Like, I, I'm just, I love that immediate immersion into the world. Uh, and then you, you come upon the hunters and, like, the kind of story unfolds. But, yeah, I do appreciate how, yeah, you just, you get right into it. And then it kind of ends that way, too, where... Yeah. It, it, you see the characters and then it just fades into the environment and then um it just ends yeah um i i had to say one thing that occurred to me uh watching the butterfly which is again one of my favorite characters and just like so in service of like musical theater fans um is i was like oh my god this is kind of like the groundwork for the genie and aladdin in terms of like all the impressions oh. it's like, and he has a very similar energy I didn't see that. I just saw him as an iPod shuffle. Oh, yeah. I, because he, Robin Williams also had that like rapid fire, like changing of um, impressions and whatnot, and like that, that bombastic kind of nature. And I was like, oh. Well, now that you say it, I see it. Sure. Um, Okay. So, like I said earlier, America performed, America the band performed three of the songs. Do you know, okay, little music trivia question. Do you know America's like number, like most known song? So I've seen America in concert. Um, So I assume that you're referring to Horse With No Name. Which I think is hilarious. That they are the ones that have that song. And then a decade later, this movie comes out where they're singing about a unicorn. Yeah. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Premonitions, premonitions. And it's weird too because like the songs that they have, it kind of felt like a music video. <laughs> the, yeah. Like I uh, like we've seen movies where they have 
di uh, diegetic songs where it's, you know, we, the audience, listen to it and it's not in universe. But this felt like they were just shooting a music video for, you know, the different songs that America sings. And it's wild that they didn't write them. But like, I, I, I have to believe that maybe they got a, the baseline of the song because those those harmonies that they do are so specifically that band like america has like this beautiful like melodic interchangeability um with all of their uh, with all of their music and i it's just so ingrained in all of these songs well at least the the ones that they sing so um yeah i i have to believe that they they had a hand in in some some of the orchestration Oh, of course. I mean, I think they, because uh, if you look on the soundtrack for The Last Unicorn, I think they play all the other songs, like just the just the music oh, yeah. in the movie. Um, hold on. Uh, so Jimmy Webb is the and one And then the that... London Symphony Orchestra was like uh, the orchestration. So Jimmy Webb wrote the music uh, he is just a composer lyricist. Uh, yeah. Um, he wrote a lot of songs, it looks like. Uh, he worked with uh, Linda Ronstadt, The Fifth Dimensions, The Supremes, Art Gar Garfunkel, and a bunch of other people. Um, so good for him. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, I don't, I don't know if America did have a hand or if he studied America and was like, here you go. <laughs> like Which is funny some because it's happened. like you, you service that band so well, if that's the case, but then you did Jeff Bridges and me so dirty. <laughs> so <laughs> the dirty. characters are like such a, it's a, so hard, hard pressed to, um, to sing. It was also a little jarring that it happened in the last third that they broke out into song. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not counting the butterfly. I don't really, I don't, no. we're not counting that because that's his lines. And that's the whole point that the unicorn says where it's like, you're a butterfly. You just recite things that you've picked up along the way. Um, which also, by the way, I was about, whenever I watch these, I sometimes write out questions. Uh, sometimes they're logic based sometimes they're just like what the fuck is happening and a lot of the ones that i was about to write out they answered like a second later <laughs> where i was like why why is the butterfly singing and here's the line from the unicorn about why the butterfly sings and all that and i'm just like oh well you made my floor building <laughs> uh so okay we're we're going all over the place what else is there to talk oh so Okay, so we did talk about the book a little bit. Did yeah. you know, so Peter S. Beagle also wrote a sequel in 2005. Yes. So in, uh, the, the novel came out in 1968, The Last Unicorn. And then in 2005, he wrote Two Hearts. I believe it's 2005, don't quote me on that. Um, it follows Schmendrick, Molly, and Lur. I don't, I didn't see anything about the unicorn that has no name. Uh, <laughs> ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. i'm here Roll all night play. everyone yep. yes uh I but i mean if you if you wanted to start a book club I, i'd be more than happy to read both of these books hell <laughs> I, yes. I feel like you know with the movie 
you kind of need to read the book because there's things that they don't explain that you need like a, a few seconds of explanation. Yeah. yeah. The the bull being one, like why, like Hagrid's backstory, like why he's such a miserable human being, like what what happened to him to get him to this point? Um, what are the rules for the animals? Like, yeah, who can talk who's to them? Who's anthropomorphic? Who who's not? <sighs> this movie. Um, so we can um. So this is, you would not classify this as a musical. You would classify this as a movie with music, correct? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Where else do you feel like they could add songs? Like, okay, let's say we're, we are writing the um, CGI version of this. Um, we're keep, we're going to keep, now that I'm a woman and that's all I've got to say, but like rearrange it. <laughs> right. But where else, where else do you feel like we could add a song? Um, I, I like the idea of, of Man's Road um, in terms of like, like the, the physical toil of travel and what it means to like leave one's home. Um, so I, I think like if that was to be not even like sung in the moment, but if we were just going through like the unicorn's thought process as she traveled, I think that would be just to kind of like get a little bit of glimpse into her psyche. Cause like, I, I think she's a more complex character as a, as a woman than as the unicorn. And it's just like, all right. So basically her, her whole personality is I'm a mythical creature and I'm worried because I'm the last of my kind. Like that's, that's basically all the depth that you get from her. Um, and besides like wanting to find the rest of her kind, she's like kind of a, a simplistic character. And I don't think it's until she becomes the Lady Amalthea that she kind of like gets a little bit deeper. Yeah. I mean, how about that monologue that she has where she's like, I feel, I feel myself dying on the inside. Oh yeah. So I, I actually read um, a piece where this is basically like um, uh, uh, oh, a, a memento mori, like, basically like oh remember you will die like that's kind of like the whole overarching uh plot or um theme here um and yeah the uh what is the line because I wrote it down uh because it was just like oh it's like yeah I feel this a body dying all around me and it's just like that that is I think th if we could surmise the theme is just like the the fragility of of life <laughs> I feel like that could be like a semi-operatic moment yeah like it could be half sung half spoken in a way I feel like that would be an interesting song yeah Real. I think I think this would lend itself to like a little bit of recitative yes yes which for those of you who don't know recitative is like what I just said it's how it's like dialogue that is sung in a way but like it could be a patter it could be actual singing it could be half singing half talking so I feel like yeah this this movie could be like a, a goddamn opera but with a shit ton of recitatives yes and also like I think another thing that so if, if we assume that we have like the a little bit of the, like the internal monologue of the unicorn while she's traveling like the other whole thing is just like 
living with regrets and like she didn't know regret as a unicorn but now she she'll she'll always have it with her in this like deep sadness but I'm like is is it was it super clear to you like what her regret was was it was it not being was it like having a taste of uh, mortality and like knowing that you know life is fleeting and like feeling that was it not being able to be with Lear like what is this great regret and I think a song like kind of outlying her her line there would be like really fascinating and illuminating mm, yes yeah where it says what is the regret yeah because <laughs> I don't know there's like was that clear to you no because it's a whole big thing no just like now like... I live with regret I was like but regret of what yeah of what like of your immortality of your of you being put under this spell which not under her consent by the way yeah because again i i think like shemendrick's magic is basically like it's what what do you want most to happen in like this harrowing moment and he just kind of manifests it which is why I think tree boobs is funny. Um, but yeah, it's like just kind of Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> tree boobs, my God. That that is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, but we get we get the wonderful Angela Lansbury in this movie, which apparently yeah. this is her first uh animated movie, like voiceover work. You which... would never know. She's mm-hmm. masterful. I was wondering though, would it have been more interesting if her voice was, if she was the voice of Molly? Like the the actresses switched. I don't know the, the um, oh. what's her name? Hold on. Tammy Grimes. Yes. If Tammy Grimes and um, Angela Lansbury just switched parts. I don't know. Cause I think like, like Molly Crew has that like super like sassy tell it like it is. And I I don't know, I don't I don't get sinister as much from her. And I think I think Angela Lansbury does creepy very well. Um I don't know. I just I don't know if it would have like the same depth. I don't know. I think I think it was well cast. I, I was just wondering because I was just like I need more Angela Lansbury in my life in this movie. But yes, there's that too. I mean, if they gave her a goddamn song, that would have been better. But uh, whatever. Hundred percent. Like the uh, big, the big I want song about like immortality. That's what this movie needs. It needs yeah. an I want song because, like, I honestly don't know. She just wants to find the other unicorns. That's that's her want. In this well, movie. she's she just wants to know if she's it, that's the other thing. She's just like, am I the last one? It's not even that she wants to find the rest of the kind. She just wants to know if she's <laughs> she's the only one they got. And I think the fact that they she found the other ones is obviously a bonus. But she's like, am I truly the last one? That's all I want to know. <laughs> not like I want to find my my people and my, you know commune with my brother. <laughs> right, because like she doesn't even say like, oh, I remember the days of running around with you know other unicorns there's nothing like that said yeah it's not like i haven't heard from edith in a while how the how the hell is that bitch how is edith (laughs) edith the unicorn (laughs) which is interesting because like um the unicorn doesn't have a name 
And I know I made that joke earlier because of America. Right. Because of America and all that. But like, there is a moment where she's talking and she's like, say my name, bitch. And they they say, you're a unicorn. Like, not her real name. And it's not- Well, you can't can't pronounce it. It's actually- One more time. It doesn't sound as as well uh, articulated on the human tongue. I'm sorry. What 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 was that? I didn't hear you. <laughs> Her name is. <laughs> I'm so glad I got you to do that twice. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's not until she turns into Did a I human. Did I stutter? <laughs> it's not until she turns into a human that she gets a a name of sorts. And it's just like uh. which is a greek character uh yeah there's a lot of greek influence in this movie for sure and also it's just like robin hood is a myth (laughs) we we have we have harpies (laughs) we have harpies and unicorns and magic but robin hood is a myth (laughs) I was like, what is happening? Oh my God. <laughs> giving, giving, uh, so robbing from the uh, rich and giving to the poor is truly like too much of a mythical idea. <laughs> and then, and then that whole um, sequence where Spendrick like conjures their ghostly apparitions, it's, <laughs> it's so wild. I was just sitting here like, my head's exploding. I don't know. And then what... everyone just like disbands. They're like, Robin Hood, I follow you into the, <laughs> yes. the, of the world. Yeah. And it... Molly's like, all right, bye. <laughs> all right, you've got a unicorn. I'm just going to go with you. Okay, bye. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, that's real, real magic right there. Oh my God. Battles, this is a wild. I'm sorry if I shed on your childhood a little bit, but I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. I, uh, I, I think it's it's a, a a childhood favorite. I don't know that it's a a good movie, but I do love it. Um, uh, I could see that. <laughs> like, if you don't think too hard on it, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah. like. But like you're gonna think too hard on it because they give no explanation and they plow on through to the next scene, like, and you're you you just process that the cat can talk and all of a sudden they're at the talking skeleton and you're who's getting wasted and you're just like, I'm sorry, you have to go through. How a did clock we get now? here? How the hell? <laughs> you have to go through a clock now. Is the bull fire, by the way? Like, yeah. Is that what it is? It's just like I think I think that's why he can't go into the ocean. Like he can drive the unicorns out into the sea, but like I think that's why he can't like go further is because he'll dissipate. For a for a hot second there, I did think that the bull was the king. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember thinking that as a kid as well. It's like, oh, is it like his manifestation of like his anger? something yeah yeah something like that i was just like wait is the king of the bull because that would just make a lot of sense (laughs) yeah i also you mentioned the clock i love how he just like fully cleaves through like this solid wooden clock with like his long sword like into matchsticks (laughs) like what 
what is happening that part was actually logical <laughs> everything else around it was illogical that i was that like was the, that was the part this. that broke my mind oh. like, that's that's not plausible <laughs> oh speaking of logic i because i wanted to know um did you did you solve the rib riddle why the raven is like a writing desk because apparently this is also an alice in wonderland tale um yes <laughs> But there are a couple answers that I did look up. Um, uh, one of the, my, the one that I laughed at was because Poe wrote about, wrote on both of them. Oh, I did not know. Well, so Lewis Carroll wrote that um, riddle in Alice in Wonderland, the novel. Yeah. And it's never, he, the Mad Hatter uh, proposes it. The Mad Hatter asks it at the tea party, and he never wrote uh, or wanted or said what the answer was. I mean, I think he actually broke down later in life and told people what it was, but like it was meant to just be nonsense, like the Jabberwocky poem. Ah, uh, got you. the The answer that I found that I really liked is because it can produce a few notes. <laughs> that's a, it's a little bit of a groaner <laughs> that's, that's a good one no but like but i mean even before that line happened i was just like is this an alice in wonderland tale and then they said that and i was like yes yes it is an yes. alice in wonderland tale <laughs> we're we're 100%. in a hundred percent we're in a fan a super fantasy alice in wonderland journey quest thing but instead of figuring out how to get home and who she is, it well, no, we were figuring out who she is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if she's the last one, she is the last one. But she is not. Oh. She's not. She's not. Uh, okay. Alert. Is there anything else? You, this movie is 40 years old at this point. Yes, it is. I'm intimately <laughs> aware of how old this is. Yay! <laughs> Cheers to being 40. Yay! Fabulous. I can look. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? Um, yes. This is fucking wild. Um, so I have had uh I've I've had just like kind of this COVID issue, not because of it, I, I had it, but like I have no, no attention span whatsoever. So it's like, in order for me to like sit down and like read a book or like watch a long movie, it's like a fucking act of God. So I've just been consuming media in this like, these bite-sized, like manageable portions. So like, I'll go on YouTube and like watch ex essays and stuff like that. But sometimes like, you just really want to like, just have something on in the background where you can just like mindlessly watch it and not have to like, engage in any any way shape or form and for that I love watching let's plays um I love video games I don't really have like a, a, a prowess for them but like I I like them in concept and I I think they're really um uh there's some like beautiful pieces of art out there and one of the channels that I kind of religiously watch is a channel called Game Grumps um and uh I I don't how did I even search it I was on YouTube and I think I was just like looking up the songs and it turns out that uh Danny um Adivan's group Ninja Sex Party does a fucking banger cover of this 
It is so fucking good. I cannot stop listening to it. I'm like, I I am beside myself obsessed to the point like, because he does like the most beautiful like, uh, the most beautiful like the, layered the harmony lines. Yeah. Oh my god, it's fucking insane. Yeah, so I'm you, like, I have to reproduce this. You <laughs> so did like, send that. You did send that to me, mission. and I did listen to it. It was very, very Gorgeous. well done. Um, and I, I mean, also he also made the IMDb page for this movie where it was. It talks about this cover that he did and like how. Uh, he brought a resurgence or like a new audience to the last unicorn because of that. He did it for the 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 Beagle tour, the Peter S. Beagle tour, to kind of like promote it. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just yeah. him being like, "I'm a fanboy and I want to do this because I have time." I mean, probably a little bit of a column B, right. uh, but like, yeah, it was just like such a weird moment of like two universes converging at this like weird like nexus point of like i like to watch video games and also the an america song <laughs> from my child from your childhood, from my movie? childhood favorite movie yeah like <laughs> that is i am your target audience that's man a, that's a weird crossover yeah, yeah. there's, a, there's it, probably a lord <laughs> and that's uh, um i'll see if i can like post something about that too on the socials but like it was it's a really good cover and um I I I appreciated the not over the topness of a cover you know like how sometimes covers can like go off the rails this one felt like it's it's staged true but also like he kind of made it himself yeah like made it his own I just, I, I thought it was so, so well done. I, I, like I said, I cannot stop listening to it. It's kind of ruined my life. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, well, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? let's do it. Sharp Flat. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it is flat. Battles. Yeah. Do you want to go first with your sharps? Uh, I will let you go first. Okay. I liked, so I saw that they were like different styles of animation or like different designs of everything from the unicorn to the, to Lady Amalthea to uh, like Schmendrick and Molly and all, everyone like looked a little different and it's still went very well together especially like the other animals in the forest or whatever uh like when we first meet them they look like semi i want to say they look more they look realistic but like i know that they're not realistic in any way shape or form but they looked a little more animal-like than like the unicorn or the bull or anything else um, so I, I really sharped that. I also sharped Robin Hood's a myth because I laughed my ass off when that happened. Um, I also really loved the pirate cat. And when it switched its eye patch from one eye to, oh. the, to the other, I lost my goddamn mind. I also lost my mind when it started speaking. I was shouting what the fuck to my very empty apartment. Uh, yes. And then I also sharp the Sailor Moon-esque transformation of Amalthea to the unicorn. Absolutely Sailor Moon. 100%. Don't, 
like i it was so funny this movie is insane i fucking love it thank you <laughs> yeah like i said it's not it's not a good movie arguably but it is a it is a great movie <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good movie. It's a great one. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, and what were your sharps? Um, we actually, we have some similar. Um, my sharp is just like the soundtrack in general. I, I truly like America a lot as a band. So like, uh, I love the music in it. Um, I did like their I, songs. Yes, you're, you're, yeah. I agree with you. I like their, I really did like their songs. I did like the other two songs, but I felt like, like we talked about it was just a little off yeah i yeah, don't yeah. know how i don't know why it was just a little off so the america songs are just that much better yeah exactly um i really did like the butterfly um like just thought he was super super charming and again i i as someone who's like probably like raging add addled like <laughs> i appreciate it just like oh, how God. crazy he was um uh, I love like, and I, they say it a lot. It's like, uh, men, men don't know what they want. Men don't know what they're looking at. Like just, <laughs> and I know like it meant men in general, but like, because you have a female protagonist, it was kind of like an, <laughs> a funny jab in there. Uh, at, at men, not humans. Right. Exactly. Cause it's always, I mean, it's, it's stated as men, but of course they mean like humanity. Um, but then they they kind of do bring it back to like Lear is just being like Twitter pated and stupid, uh, so I I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, the cat the cat is I think again my 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 favorite character. Uh, and then the uh, the line he says because it's just like the the most like cat thing ever. Uh, where is it? Oh, uh, no cat anywhere that gave someone a straight answer. And that's where he, he puts the patch on the other. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's true. The, that's the, cat also, true. the cat also has a peg leg. And I, I, I was yeah, it, laughing it so hard at that. Tuxedo, tuxedo pirate cat. Um, and then uh, I just, I do like the fact that it's, <sighs> kind of like you know just og mythology like i know like unicorn everything is was a thing like <laughs> frappuccinos to bagels uh but like i think this is just kind of like i don't know like a, a kind of a starting point in terms of like unicorns and the mythos of of man um so i did like how it um kind of introduced them as uh as a, as a mythical mythical being to the populace and i did like uh, in terms of the intro too how it uh it wove like the traditional medieval tapestries and that depiction yeah. of unicorns with like the world of the movie yeah that that um style too where they were you could tell that they were heavily influenced by like renaissance paintings yes for not only the tapestries but like the design of the people um, yeah it was very it was very interesting to watch this it's a great movie it's a great one it's great uh uh do you want me to go first with are you done with sharps or do you want yes. me to, okay. i am and also i i love the name amalthea i and have I, always just thought that was like so beautiful it's an it, it's it's an interesting name because it's not it sounds almost like athena 
And that's yeah. where I thought they were going, but it's clearly not because that's no. Um, okay. Do you want me to go first with flats? I did. Yeah, I did have it. a few flats. Um, the wild pacing. I needed a breather. I needed something, yeah. but not something so boring as the the montage of their time at the castle. Um, yeah. Just, just, just a little breather somewhere else. And then also the fact that this isn't a real musical. Like I want, it wants to be one, I feel like, or it, it could be one, but yeah. because we had, like America was great, but like, I wish that somebody in the world sang those songs. Yeah. I mean, if you put America as like a random bird, fine. Like, or, or animals, like, great. Let's, th- let's have that. Or, you know, band of humans somewhere. Awesome. I, I just wish that they justified it a little bit more. Um, I don't mind having them being like the, like the 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 chorus uh, in the sense that like you know they're just like telling the story but I wish that was integrated more with like character songs like Mm -hmm. I don't mind if they are like kind of like setting setting the scene if there was more of like like character driven songs if we got an I want song I think I would have been fine like yeah like like just an I want song and then the rest of these I think I would have been fine but like because Sung by Mommy Fortuna, <laughs> specifically. <gasps> Mommy Fortuna sings the Unicorns of Want song. Yes, of course. I yes. love it. <laughs> that's what I. That's what we want. Uh, but really, that was it. I mean, I. I don't. I, the movie was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was great. Great. <laughs> uh, did do you have any flats? Yeah, I just I. And I, again, I think this is like kind of a, a pacing thing too, is just like a, a little bit more structure in terms of like the world building and the lore. Um, like a little bit more of like the history of unicorns. Like, you know, why are they bound to the wood? Um, backstory for Hagrid and the Red Bull. Um, just a, a little bit more, a little bit more of, fleshiness to the story and the characters i Um, i also want to flat i'm sorry to interrupt i also want to flat that all the unicorns are the same yeah they're they're all white unicorns i wanted all white blonde women (laughs) just just you know whenever i think of unicorns i think like most people i'm tainted by lisa frank where you know when uh Lisa Frank who created all of those like school supplies that had animals and unicorns and other Very creatures familiar. that were all colorful and everything and then we get here and like our unicorn has what I'm going to just call the burn scar uh yeah. on her forehead where the horn comes out but like no one else has anything and so, like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, you know, take a little bit from, like, you know, Lisa Frank. I mean, this is probably before Lisa Frank, but also this, oh, was, for around, sure. this was around the time of My Little Pony. And, like, I don't know, put a star in somebody's ass. Like, do something a little different with them. I get it that, like, I mean, they looked great when they were the wave. Don't get me wrong. But, like, once they came out of the water, I kind of wish they just, like, transformed into, like, a rainbow or something. Or explain why they're all the same. 
Yes. Like, like uh, you know, maybe there's there's a, a, a lore point that's like, oh, this is why unicorns are always like white and pure, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me some justification, but like the fact that we didn't have the justification and they all look the same, I was just I was just a little like uh, I'm bored. <laughs> well, also like I kind of thought the unicorns coming out and they're supposed to be these beautiful mythical creatures. Like it was kind of gross. It reminds me of like whenever you're in like um in a uh, a dirty kitchen in New York and you turn over a pan and like all the cockroaches come out and they just kind of like disperse everywhere. Like that, it was kind of, it was a disturbing image for me to like see them like all come out of the water and like tumble the castle and like disperse on the roads. I'm just like, too many unicorns. Did they tumble the castle? Is that what happened? Is that what we watched? Yeah, they... su- supposedly. And in the book, they also destroy the village outside the castle. Bad unicorns. So, yeah, exactly. So it's just, I don't know. I, <laughs> um, and then, what was the other? La- oh, I wish they kind of like touched on this, but like, I wish they kind of like, explored a little bit more the duality of like wizardry versus like hero heroism and um like what it is to be a wizard and what it is to be a hero and like kind of juxtaposed Schmendrick with Lear a little bit more and maybe even like uh have Haggard like serve as some sort of antithesis antithesis to like those two uh tropes because I think that would be interesting yeah where we only get a line but they needed more yeah to be like, I mean, uh, uh, if they were at least like, I did my, I did what I could do. Now you do what you need to do in order yeah. to save her. Um, by the way, do you know what a group of unicorns are called? <gasps> a rainbow. <laughs> a blessing. <gasps> Shut up. I did know that. I fucking so, did know that. <laughs> so the blessing of unicorns destroyed a castle and in the book, a town. What a blessing. Well, isn't that just biblical for you? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? Uh, yes, I would. <laughs> I am going to add Ninja Sex Party's version of The Last Unicorn to oh, the playlist. I meant the, from the <laughs> I know, movie. I know, I, know. I know. No, the um, the I'm Alive, The Last Unicorn uh, is uh, such such a bang. And um, I actually, I know I said another cover, but um, uh, Art Garfunkel uh, does a really beautiful version of That's All I Got to Say. Um, so I, I like that song as well. It's like a very beautiful kind of like, obviously. That's not in the movie. Well, it, it, it's the song. Yeah, but it's not that Art Garfunkel's version is not in the movie. That's Fine. more what I'm talking about. The, the, the Last Unicorn for sure. And I do like uh, Man's Road. I think I would add all the America songs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't mind the other two, but I think if I had to actually like, I, I think I might skip them more than the other ones, than the America yeah. ones. So yeah, God, this is a wild ride. <laughs> I'm so glad you strapped in and took it. I, ooh, dirty. Uh, I actually finally watched it and boy, howdy. I think I may need to watch it again. <laughs> I mean, you do, you do kind of like notice like little, little subtle things. Like, um, uh, 
one of the things that struck out to me is like, as I was watching it uh, this past time is like, oh, the, at least they do in terms of like the animations, like the lyrics do inform yeah, I know uh, the the they... animation because I think they they had the the songs ahead of time. So like I like little things like that, like little Easter eggs. Uh, not not really an Easter egg, but uh, little subtle things like that. Little visual clues or 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 nuances. If yeah. You will. Uh, so I'm calling it. We're we're done talking about the last unicorn. I'm sorry. Done. I'm sorry to do this, uh, but battles. Is there anything you'd like to plug or promote? Um, yes. Um, this is a little bit uh, further down the road, um, but we are heavy into recording season two of Windfall podcast. Um, season one has been out. Um, we were supposed to record it pretty much back to back, but the pandemic happened and we had some funding issues. Um, so check out Windfall podcast. Uh, wherever you consume your podcast media. And please stay tuned for uh, season two coming soon. What is this podcast that you speak of? Oh, it is a sci-fi dystopian audio drama um, set in an alien world uh, where um, the kind of like society has been overthrown by a, a, a literal childlike empress. Um, and it's kind of like everyone rising up to um, uh, to g- kind of not necessarily overthrow, but like rise above their station in terms of like where they've been cast due to this this overbearing monarchy. Um, if if you say there's a giant flying dog dragon thing in there, I will throw everything at you. There is not a Joylet dragon, although I wish at least someone had like that laugh <laughs> as a character. Uh, oh. Fal- <laughs> oh, Falcor. Oh, Falcor. Um, and where can people find that? Like, uh, do you have socials for it or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Windfall Podcast, it's everywhere. At Windfall Facebook, Podcast. Twitter, yeah. Awesome. And what, anything else? Any any shows or or perform or cabaret performances or something? No. Um. I I kind of plugged um my wine box players that are still meeting. Again, just uh, if if there is a wealthy benefactor out there who wants to spend millions of dollars to make my theater company real, um, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd hope they would also help me out with this podcast. Oh yeah, that goes without saying. I like money. We like money. Uh, (laughs) Artists, we love money. And if you and if you have money and you want to give it to us, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Um, tell me how much money you want to give us or talk about the last unicorn, I guess, uh, since that was the subject, but really, (laughs) if you have money, we want money. Um, and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about into the woods. Yes. The Disney movie, not the, uh, live stage version with Bernadette Peters, unfortunately. Battles. Thank you again for, uh, continuing our Rankin and Bass saga yeah Uh, Um, i'll come back for the hobbit (laughs) 
no, you're coming back for another for another one and That's more. Um, but yes, thank you again and have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.